We're back with another episode of the Play for Keeps podcast. I'm Cameron Hay at Cameron underscore Hay on Twitter. And of course, I'm joined by Drew Williams at Dopest Drew on Twitter. At this point, after the turbulent last week of the NBA season, or NBA playoffs, that is, we pretty much have all of the second round matchups finalized. The first round is pretty much over. Now that we know who all is going to be playing in the second round, how many series did we get right in round one? How many series did, did we get right? We had... We both had Milwaukee beating Orlando. Orlando I think we both had a sweep. Yeah. But Orlando managed Just to steal one. a game. We both called Toronto over Brooklyn. Yeah. I have four. You have five. Right. You had the sweep, I think, actually, with Boston and Philadelphia. Did you have it five games? I had it five. You had it five. I had a six. So I was wrong about that. I was way off <laughs> about that one. And Not without Ben. I think we both had. I think I had Miami over Indiana in five, and you had Miami over Indiana in six. Yeah. It ended up being a sweep. So, move on. Moving on to the Western Conference, the Lakers beat the Blazers in five. I think I, I said five max. You had six. The Clippers beat the Mavericks six games. Mm-hmm. I said I said four. I think I said four or five max, or did I say five six max? I can't remember. I think I, think I might have said, said six max. I think I might have said four or five. I'm not sure. Yeah. But that series was closer than I anticipated it being anyway. You said six potentially, I believe, didn't you? I said five, maybe six. Five, maybe six. I said five. So it got to six. Jamal Murray, 50 points. Man. After a 40-point game, after a 50-point game. Him and Donovan Mitchell both got multiple. 50-point games in this series. Right. Only Jordan and Iverson had accomplished that in, in, bro, in what, a series before. What are we doing, bro? Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell now both have more 50-point playoff games than Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. (laughs) Wow. That that is insane to think about. The Western Conference playoffs have clearly been (laughs) a little bit more interesting than the Eastern Conference playoffs. We have three series that win at least six games. So let's go back to the Eastern Conference. Now that we know the Eastern Conference second-round matchups, we have Milwaukee versus Miami, and we have Boston versus Toronto. Time of recording this, we we saw Boston Toronto game one earlier. Uh, Boston handled them pretty easily in game one. I don't anticipate it looking like that the entire series. We can go ahead and start with this series. What is your prediction going? What is your prediction coming into game one before we saw this? You had the Raptors in seven games. That was, yeah. that was your prediction. Yeah. I think I'm leaning Raptors in seven games as well. I had Toronto in seven games coming in as well. There wasn't anything that I saw today that made me discouraged if anything what i saw today in game one it's kind of what i expect in a series that i expect to go to distance like you're gonna have a game where one team blows the other out usually you'll have another game where i think toronto in game two or three at some point they'll have a game where they thoroughly outplay the celtics like the celtics thoroughly outplayed them today but if there is something that could be a little bit concerning that we've seen out of the raptors this year and dating back to last postseason when things got tough and in the half court, they don't have a guy right now that you can just give the ball to and consistently. I know if, if, if defense, if the other defense is like completely locked in and we just got to get a tough bucket, like somebody can go get a bucket, they could rely on Kawhi Leonard to do that last postseason. Yeah. Especially when you look back at the Philadelphia 76ers series and getting the second round. 
really nobody else on Toronto could consistently get offense going that whole series. Yeah. And Kawhi went to a completely different level. Really only a level I've seen in my lifetime, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, and Kevin Durant be able to go to for an entire series pretty much. Yeah. And just, I'm better than everybody else on the floor. Our team really isn't outperforming their team as a whole, but I'm just so much better than everybody else. I can will us to a series victory. I, I believe he averaged 35 points in that series last year against the um, the Philadelphia 76ers. But I think that will show it rear his head for the Raptors a little bit in this series, their lack of having a guy. You saw Pascal Siakam struggle today, struggled yeah. a lot. He's really been up and down since January, if we're being honest. I really don't know what to think about him. And he's really, really good. He's probably going to make all-NBA team. Well, not probably, but maybe. He, 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 might, he, might, he might make third team. I think, he sh- I think he should. I'd have him on, on my third team ballot. But it's really hard the way that he gets his points, you know, getting a lot of offensive rebounds. and like He, he relies re- on transition a he lot. He was too. really good in isolation last year. And – he what he's not as good anymore, so it's kind of weird with him. Uh, the thing is, last year he wasn't facing team's best defender. Yeah, the way Kawhi Leonard was occupying. Yeah, that's true. Other team's best friend, and it was other nights as well where a guy like Kyle Lowry would be getting the second best defender sometimes. The Simon, the second best defensive yeah. player on other teams. So Siakam caught a lot of people by surprise last year. Yeah. And he came back this year. You can't take anything away from him. He made a leap. I think he averaged 22 points this year. Made the All-Star, made the All-Star game. Really good player. See, I can probably, he's probably a top 30 guy in the league. Probably top 25, 30 guy in the league. He's top 20. I don't think he's top 20. At, well, yeah, top 30. He, he top 30. is Like, when you really, when Bro, you really start thinking about all it. Make an All-NBA, though? You, Rudy Gobert going to make All-NBA. He ain't no top twenty player. You're right. It's a, <laughs> no disrespect to Rudy Gobert, but it's just the truth of the matter. Like all NBA, Bradley Beal isn't gonna make all NBA. Yeah, and he's a top twenty player in the league. Um, so Devin Booker as well, he's not gonna make it. So I don't think that all NBA, especially on third team, when you get there, it's usually it's gonna come down to like you just won more more than likely than the people you're making it over, um, or your position, or your position is yeah. is a weaker position than something else. But besides that, when you juxtapose the Raptors' potential struggles in the half court, especially when you have two undersized guards like Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry it can get a little bit hard. When you, and then, when you, like I said, juxtaposing that against the Boston Celtics, who have, as they, sh- as they showed today, they have three guys who can go get a bucket in the half court. Yep. Three guys you can get a ball to, and they're going to they're gonna get a bucket. Kimball Walker, he can get a bucket. Jason Tatum, he can get a bucket. Jalen Brown, he can get a bucket. So it'll be interesting to see which style of play wins out. Boston really guarded really, really well today. I don't anticipate Toronto struggling like that offensively all series. I mean, maybe Toronto, they just don't match up well with Boston, you know? So, yeah, some matchups are just bad matchups. They're literally the only team that beat them in the bubble. Yeah. And Yeah, those are only loss, I think. They went 7-1 in the bubble. well, they they were three and one against Boston. Went three and one against Toronto in the yeah, regular season. And, okay, and yeah. two of their three wins were by at least fifteen points. Yeah, maybe there's a bad matchup for them. You just never know. Yeah. I, I picked Toronto because I thought you know the experience would probably you know went out in the end. But today did not look good. But like we like you talked about, you know, I'm not gonna overreact to game one. No. I'm sure Toronto will blow them out at one at some point in this series. They'll win a game by double figures. Yeah. 
by 15. And the thing is, it's it's funny we're saying experience for Toronto because they did win the championship, so they do have more experience. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they, they played in the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference Finals. Finals. They've gone to Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals. Um, Marcus Smart was on that same team. Marcus Smart's been in the playoffs every year of his career, I think. Yeah, I, I believe it every other than that, them three. Kimball Walker's been in the playoffs. He's never been past round one, but he's been in the playoffs. And I think when you're when – you're, he's a vet. Yeah. And it's not like they're going on the road or anything here. That's yeah. that's another thing to take into Toronto, account. All their entire team battle tested. Yeah, but most of the Celtics playoff roster. Well, they're important guys are. They yeah. just haven't been. They just haven't been to a finals. Yeah. But Gordon Hayward's played in multiple playoffs. He ain't there though. He, yeah, he's not. He's not there right now. And I, the timeline, the way it's set up, he, he might not get back, back till probably game five, six, or seven, yeah. or something like. If it goes that far, yeah. um, so. Yeah, clearly Toronto has the experience edge, but when you put it up against the Celtics, who have enough experience and they might have the talent edge as well, it gets interesting. But this is where Nick Nurse comes into play, probably like coach of the year. He'll figure out some way to prevent whatever happened today Not from happening happen. going forward. So we both have Toronto in seven in that series. I believe I would not be surprised if Boston won. Clearly, if I'm picking a seven game series, it means that I believe it Boston it can way. go either way. But I'm, I, I tend to lean with you that they just have – I think the experience factor will work out. And I think that defensively at some point in this series, Toronto will be able to lock in a little bit more than what they showed today and will be able to win four games in this series. For Milwaukee and Miami, who do you have winning this series? I have Milwaukee in six games. Milwaukee in six? Yeah. What is your reasoning for picking Milwaukee in six? I just think they're the better team, and they're mm-hmm. going to have the best player on the floor. That, that, that is a very good reason to pick a <laughs> and, team. <laughs> like, and I like Miami. A lot of people I know are picking Miami to win, and they do match up very well. Miami went 2-1 against Milwaukee this year. They, they have Bam, who can, you know. He guards Giannis probably as good as anybody in the league. Yeah. They, they have a lot that you would need to beat them, but I just can't. See Milwaukee losing to them. Although I do have Toronto coming out the East, but that's a little bit later. A little later. We'll talk about that when the time comes. If, yeah. that, if that time comes. If it comes. If that time comes. But I think Milwaukee will get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. I got Miami in this series. I have Miami in seven games. I would not be surprised if it goes if it only goes six. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that this is, like you said, Boston might just be a, ma- a bad matchup for Toronto. I have a feeling that Miami is a bad matchup for Milwaukee. It comes down to they give up so many threes. Yeah. The Bucks. They give up so many three points. I points. mean their their defense is like designed. It's to designed to give up. They're not three. gonna give up anything at the round. Yeah. You're gonna take contested mid ranges and corner three, they're wide open yeah. for you. And I think that's dangerous against a team with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrell, Goran Dragic, Kelly Olenek. Jay Crowder, they just have enough guys who can make shots. Kendrick Nunn, yeah, like they have a lot of guys who can. If if you look up, if you look up one game and you saw Tyler Harrell made five threes, would you be surprised? No. Would you be surprised if you looked up one game and Kendrick Nunn made four threes? No, I mean they, you, they, they got good shooting. They yeah, exactly, really, really and that's my shooting. that's 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 my thing. Yeah, like they got really good shooting. And on more than that, like the Bam factor is going to be the most interesting thing. Giannis is the best player in this series by far. Wide margin. Yeah. I think Giannis is going to have a good series. I don't think Giannis is going to. It's not. I don't think it's going to be a 
Toronto Raptors. I think Middleton's going to wake up, too. He's the reason I'm picking Miami to win this series, to be honest with you. You, you got Jimmy taking him out of the series, basically? He, got, he, he struggled against worst defenders on Orlando. Yeah. If there's anything that's going to hold Miami back from actually pulling this, pulling this off, potentially, it's the fact the same reason I just said Toronto is going to struggle at times in this series against the Celtics. As good as Jimmy is, I don't know if he's a guy you just give the ball to and he can go get you a bucket. Right. Consistently, like crunch time, you're you're the best player on the floor. Yeah. You're just going to go and will your way to getting two points down every time. Like, I like Jimmy Butler a lot. He's, we talked about, we were just talking about top 30 guy. I think he's like probably in the top 20 players in the league. He's a top 20 player. He's a guy who can do a lot. He's a really good defensive player. Can score. He's gonna get. You, he's gonna find a way to get twenty points every game. He's gonna find a way to get twenty. He'll get you about six or seven assists and about six or seven rebounds as well. Like so, yeah. Jimmy is productive. I just don't know if he's a guy. That can be the number one guy. Who's gonna be the number one offensive option? Yeah. Like if these games are close down the stretch and you just need like yo Jimmy like nobody else has it going. We need you to just take us home. Can Giannis do that? I feel more confident with Giannis. Than Jimmy, I agree. Giannis, I mean, the two-time MVP, and I believe as much as Giannis like gets flack for his half-court game, his skill set or lack thereof, mm-hmm. I do believe he can get points a little bit easier in the half-court. Like his production speaks for itself. Yeah, and definitely. so um, like I do believe Bam will make it hard for him. Like he will work. I don't think it's yeah. going to be another one of those thirty, fifteen, and five series that he just had against. The magic, where he's like the only person with eligibility to do that. I don't know if we're gonna see that again. Right. But I, I anticipate Giannis. He averaged twenty nine for the season this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged thirty points again. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages close to fifteen rebounds again. But I think that this is the round where you start to see those other guys on Milwaukee. I just don't trust that supporting cast all that much. Like outside of Brooke, honestly, Brooke Lopez is the most reliable player on the team after Giannis, for me personally. Like, I know Middleton's numbers. I know he, he, he damn near was 50, 40, 90 this year. He's a 20 mm-hmm. point per game guy. But it just he's just too up and down. He was really bad last year against Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, the backcourt is pretty alarming. Yeah. With Bledsoe is, and DiVincenzo. Is Bledsoe going to be better than. Is he going to be better than, than Goran Dragic? I, I, I trust Wes Matthews. I'm going to be honest with you. I like Wes Matthews a lot. I think he's he's gonna defend and he's gonna make shots. I like I like Wes Matthews. It's when you go to the bench. I don't know if I trust Pat Connaughton. I don't know if I trust Dante Divincenzo. Divincenzo wasn't even in the rotation last year. Yeah. Like if you remember back to them playing the Raptors and then the play, like he was a rookie. He wasn't even in a rotation last year. Connaughton was in the rotation a little bit, but he wasn't like getting the minutes that he's getting now. I don't believe. Um, George Hill is their backup point guard. I, I, I anticipate probably seeing a lot more of George Hill this series. I think that he probably will play. He'll at worst split minutes, like with Bledsoe. Yeah. And I could see him playing more. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm picking Miami. I think Miami is a bad matchup for Milwaukee, especially if Chris Middleton continues to struggle. Now, like you said, if, if he breaks out this series, mm-hmm. I'm, I know I'll be wrong. Because if Chris Middleton breaks out, they'll win this series. But. I just think his struggles in round one and this team having just a better better perimeter defenders, in my opinion, the, mm-hmm. the Miami Heat do, on top of just being a way better shooting team. I think that those games that Milwaukee had with Orlando in round one were a lot closer than the final scores indi- indicated in some of those games. Yeah, Going to the fourth quarter, a lot of single-digit games, I believe games 
three, four, and five were at single digits at certain points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And those are te- that's a team who just can't shoot. They can't shoot or generate consistent offense. Yeah. Whereas Miami has a bunch of shooters, and they can consistently generate offense. And got a good play caller. And, and exactly. And Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches. He might be the better coach in this matchup. We don't – like, yeah. it, it's very possible. So – um, I think Giannis like I, I think Giannis gonna have a huge series. You're completely justified. Like you said sometimes it's just as simple as you have the best player by yeah. a wide margin. Yeah, like Giannis is the best player in the series by a wide margin. So if he wins, if they win off the strength of him just being better than everybody else, that's very much in play. But I just like Miami's overall roster and the way they match up with the rest of my Milwaukee's team outside of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like yeah. so, I'm going Miami in seven. I mean, in the realm of possibility, I, I think Miami can beat them. But yeah, would you be shocked if they won? If Miami won, because you're saying yeah. Milwaukee in six, so you would be shocked. I would be shocked. I think they can, but I'd be shocked. You'd be shocked, okay? Yeah, I mean, I could see how it would be shocking. Trust me, like it. it they don't have. They have two all stars. They don't have a super, like a superstar, a bona fide right. superstar. You would think that's what it takes to knock a guy like like Kawhi, like Giannis out. Exactly, Kawhi. You had Kawhi. Or mm. Toronto just got the perfect wall of defenders. Exactly. And it was the, it was both. Like Toronto had both last year to beat yeah. Milwaukee. They had they had a dude who could just go get buckets, and then they had the best combination of size on the front court and length on the perimeter to make Giannis' life harder than anybody else could. Mm. So yeah, and I think Miami doesn't have they don't have Gasol, Andy Baca. Right. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. And Pascal Siakam. Right. But I think Bam Adebayo is a better defender right now than Gasol and Ibaka are. And I think that even though Jimmy isn't quite Kawhi Leonard on defense, he can make it a little bit difficult Man, uh, on the way to the basket. What would that do to the league ratings if we got the Toronto-Miami Eastern Conference Finals? <laughs> the thing is, I don't take ratings for the NBA that serious right now because people are watching yeah, the games through so many different too. avenues. Like, of course, that's probably not what people want to see. But I just feel like you know, with Miami, I mean, with Milwaukee, they would prefer any any type of matchup. The NBA, My, Milwaukee, and, and and Boston would be ideal. That's probably ideal for the NBA. But Milwaukee and Boston's ideal just because the Boston the Celtics fan base. Yeah. Is gonna watch, and then you have the MVP. That's ideal, right? But it, we're about to see what's gonna happen. Like mm-hmm. Miami, like sometimes you just got a better coach and better team, and if they they gonna throw a monkey wrench and everything. Like I know in 2011, the NBA was probably hoping on a Lakers Miami Heat finals. Then Lakers got eliminated. They probably was hoping on a Kevin Durant LeBron finals, yes. and you got the Mavericks in there. Like it just happens sometimes, but it is what it is. Now we're gonna shift focus to the Western Conference. Let's talk about what we saw from both teams in round one. The, let's start with the Lakers. They're the one seed. Mm-hmm. They lost game one. The Blazers were red hot coming in. They lost game one. Lakers had a historically bad shooting night from three. I think they went five for 32 or something crazy from three-point range. Yeah. And ever since then, games two, three, four, and five, the Lakers have shot at least 50% from the field as a team <laughs> in every game. We've, we saw... LeBron James and Anthony Davis just went to a different level that yeah. nobody else in the Blazers could reach after game one. They went to a level to where they were the clear-cut two best guys on the floor. Even with Damian Lillard before he got injured, they were just better. And, and like you said, with Giannis, it might just be that simple against the Heat where he's yeah, just better. You can do. There's nothing you can do. And there was nothing that the Blazers could do against 
LeBron James or Anthony Davis in that first round matchup. What did you see from the Lakers that you would be encouraged by if you were a fan of them going into the second round? Is there anything that you saw that is a good sign coming off of how they struggled a little bit in anything, everything. I mean, they they're hitting first of all, LeBron eighty percent from the line. Yeah, he shot eighty percent from free throw line this series. LeBron and AD both got it going. Yeah. And the shooters are actually... They both hitting. shot 60% pretty much from the field. Yeah. So, I mean, shooters hitting shots. KCP shot 40, like 39.7%, I think, from three-point yeah, range so. this year. And that was after him not making a shot at all in, in game one. Yeah, I mean, in throughout the bubble, people had been, you know, talking about how, you know, bad they were shooting and they yeah. couldn't hit free throws, they couldn't hit three, they couldn't score, but the defense was there. Yeah. So, like, now the defense still... It's know, still there. There and they're actually hitting shots, so it looks encouraging for them. You know, the Lakers they got a lot of momentum going in the next round. Last three games of that series, LeBron James shot 12 for 20 from three point range. Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I think that is the biggest key for the Lakers more than anything else. Mm-hmm. If LeBron is making jumpers, I don't think that you can beat this team. I just don't see an avenue to beating them if LeBron is making three pointers at that type of clip. You don't anticipate him shooting. Over eighty percent from the free throw line. Yeah, too. but even more so than that, the three point shoot. Like it, him being able to shoot off the dribble like that from three, it completely changes how you have to guard him, or how you guard the whole team. Like you, you have to give something up. But if he's making three pointers, yeah, nothing you can is do nothing you point. can do at that point. And so, if I'm the Lakers, I would definitely be encouraged by. Of course, you see LeBron and AD throughout the seeding game. I think it's become clear the Lakers really were like dogging it. In those yeah, seeding I mean, games, after they they beat the Clippers the one, on, they got the one seed and they mailed yeah. it in. Uh, it looked like they were dogging it. So it, uh, besides, it, of course, being great to see LeBron and Anthony Davis just dominating at the same time, getting back to dominating on the same nights. I I think you have to really, really be encouraged by not just the perimeter defense that they did against Dame and CJ this series, but also Contavious Caldwell Pope. I think that that is a big de- development for them. This is. It's only a second time in the playoffs in his career. He made it once in Detroit before, before he became, uh, before he came to the Lakers. And if he's gonna shoot thirty nine percent from three, and especially like be automatic damn near from the corners, mm-hmm. that that is a killer. Yeah. That's gonna be a killer for for opposing defenses because you gotta honor that exactly. And at that point, LeBron and AD and Le- and Anthony Davis mid range jump shot. He's been automatic yeah. from the from the elbow. In the, in the first round, and I know it it sounds very simple, and it might sound like Magic Johnson level analysis, <laughs> but if LeBron is making threes and AD is making that that elbow jump shot, like you're not gonna beat them. You're not beating them four times in seven games. It's just not gonna happen. And so, if you're the Lakers, you have to be really encouraged by the fact that those two guys found their strokes in this series, and then Contavious Caldwell Pope was able to shoot at a, a very high rate from three after game one. And Danny Green, you, you just kind of, you you hope at this point, you hope you can get nights where two of the four guys of KCP, Danny Green, Kuzma, Caruso, and um, Markeith Morris, that maybe two of those guys can shoot well. You don't need all of them to shoot outstanding the same nights if LeBron and AD are going to be LeBron and AD. Right. You just need two of those guys to consistently Whoever, whichever night it's going to be, you just need two of them right. to shoot well to, to keep the defense honest. And so, 
I think the Lakers have to be encouraged by that. Now, let's change our attention to the Clippers. Is there anything that you saw from them going six against the Mavericks that you should that you would think is a good sign going forward, or is there anything that you saw that you might be a little bit concerned about potentially for the second round? Well, I mean, they looked good. They they took care of Dallas, yeah. other than the fact that they refused to trap Luka Doncic. Yeah. I don't know why they were like, we're going to let Luka eat, and he had a historic you know, postseason on them as a 21-year-old, yeah. but... Even today in that close, I got he had 38. Yeah. Last so, game of the series. But, I mean, I feel like we, we knew what we were getting with the Clippers, bro. They're not going to lock in until it's time to play the Lakers. That's dangerous. This went six. Yeah. This went six. Well, Utah or Denver at the time of recording this will yeah. get their fair shot. Two guys coming in really hot, so I hope... The Clippers are ready to play when it come time to play them. Offensively, if you if you have, if you if there's a plus this series, I think besides Kawhi looking like Kawhi, yeah, just being incredible. I think he ended this series with five straight thirty point games. Like he just at least thirty in, in five straight games. He just is on an un, unreal level right now compared to everybody else in that series. Um, even though Marcus Morris Senior got ejected today. I think you have to be encouraged by his shooting in this series. He yeah. he shot the ball really well this series. And he he hadn't shot it particularly well before the season stopped in March when he got acquired by the Clippers. He was struggling um when he first got acquired by them and he was a little bit up and down in the bubble in the seeding games, but he shot the ball extremely well this series. So, I think if you're a Clippers, you have to be really encouraged by that. You have to also be encouraged by Lou Williams. Yeah. Lou Williams, very efficient. Very efficient off the bench. He's he's looked great this series against the the Dallas Mavericks. So you have to be encouraged by that. And you have to, I think you have to also be encouraged by the fact that you won a six game series with only getting one good game from Paul George. Yeah. You have, if you're a Clipper, if you're not a Clipper, only not one good game, four bad. Yeah, four games. bad games. So you have to look at. I think if you're a Clippers, you would rather look at that with a glass half full yeah. mentality than a glass half empty. Like, he can't play any worse. Exactly. Than you don't. If you're a Clippers, you have to be thinking he can't be any worse than he was in this series. Like it can only be up from here. And so you have to be thinking if you're a Clippers, like if he just shows up and plays at his regular season average, you don't even have to be whatever whoever playoff P is supposed to be. <laughs> we don't even need that from you. We just need you to be a consistent twenty points right. and not shoot six for nineteen. Twenty like the five games outside of Game Five this series where he had the explosion. The other five games in the series, he averaged 15 points while shooting 29% from the field, 22% from three. Yeah. Like, it can't be any worse than that for him. Yeah. If you just shoot 40 and 35% and, and get 20 points, yeah, we're going to win the next next round. We'll win in five games max probably. But that's that has to be the positives if you're the Clippers. You have to be looking at this like, yo, we got through a six-game series against a guy who was – insanely hot and dominant. Luka Doncic, two 40-point games in this series, a triple-double, the closeout game tonight, the elimination game where the Clippers won, he still had 38-8-8, and I believe, and had the game at single digits midway through the fourth quarter. And we still were able to pull it out without getting great contributions from our second-best player this entire series. So I think you have to be... I know there's a lot of pessimism on social media, and even Clippers fans might be a little bit worried. But if you're the Clippers as a team... If you're in that locker room and you're the coaches, you have to be thinking, we're in a really good spot. Like, we were able to win this series without... And, I mean, I know we really haven't highlighted it, but, I mean, Montrezl Harrell came into the bubble. Midway through. Well, I think what he missed, game one, he came back for game two. Right. 
he, I thought he came right for game one. But game he was two, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. He he was there for game one, I believe. Yeah, he played game one very very low minutes yeah. first game, but like when they get him going, a whole new dynamic. In yeah, the, you know, second unit. Get back so. to Lou Williams and Trez pick and roll. Yeah, like and see if there's some magic there still. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot of reasons to be excited or at least feel good going into the round two if you're the a Los Clippers Angeles fan. Clippers. So yeah. let's go back to the Lakers. How? What do you see in a, a Lakers and a Houston Rockets matchup? If you're, what are what is something that you would keep an eye on, and who would you think would win that series? I would probably take the Lakers in seven games. Seven. And I think Westbrook would be a very very big factor in this series because I think Harden. We know what we're gonna get from Harden, but the way Westbrook completely took over. The regular season game from earlier in this year. The last the one. The last one before. Uh, the last one. That was the first game they traded Capella. Right. And they did the five Covington. out. PJ Tucker yeah. at the five. And Russ had like 38 or something. Something <clears throat> crazy against them. Yeah. If they can get that type of production from him, they're going to give the Lakers a whole lot of trouble. Because they're not going to make him play defense on the other end. I mean, he's going to have to guard shooters, but he's not going to have to guard anybody on ball. No. Him or James Harden. I could see LeBron hunting Harden now. Maybe, I could I could see it. I would I would go Lakers in six games in this series. I know a lot of people, Lakers fans in particular, don't want the two bigs against this this Rockets team. They don't think that Javale should start. But there's enough data to show Harden's propensity to drive against two bigs is a lot less than with one big. And if you can keep him out of the paint, keep him from driving. Keep Westbrook if, out the paint too. Yeah, if you can keep them out the paint, keep them from driving. It keeps the defense from collapsing. Yeah. And it keeps people at home on all of their shooters. It makes Houston's going to get up. They're going to shoot forty-five to sixty-threes every game. It's just yeah. that's what they're going to do. They're going to play the math game. They're going to, and that's why they're going to win one or two games in this series. At they're going to get hot. They're going to. There's going to be a couple games in this series where they just they out Matthew, where they make nineteen, twenty three pointers, and there's just it's going to be an uphill battle to to pull that out. And so my thought process, if I were the Lakers going into this series as the higher seed, I would, I would try to just limit James Harden and, and Westbrook's penetration. Like, you know that these guys are going to shoot all of those threes regardless. At least make them shoot contested threes. Or once Harden and, and, and Westbrook get in the paint, I, just, I wouldn't help off the shooters. Yeah. I will live with... Let, let them get the two. I will let them try to finish over Anthony Davis or try to finish over... JaVale McGee or Dwight like finish over them at the rim we're not going to come and help off of the shooters we're not going to cut off your driving lanes I would make them you're going to you two are going to be two point players this year Westbrook going to be a two point player regardless he's not shooting a lot of threes I think this is his lowest three point three point attempt per game in like the last five seasons this year Um, so he's already not going to shoot a a bunch of three pointers Um, but Harden I'm going to try to limit you He's a scoring champ for a reason. He's going to manufacture 30 to 35 points every game, one way or another. He's going to find a way. Even if he doesn't shoot great, he's going to find a way to get those points. So my thought process, if I'm the Lakers, I'm going to live with you getting your 30 to 35. I'm going to live with you getting 40. I'm not going to let you get your 30. You're going to get that regardless. I'm not going to let you get that and get four three-pointers for Ben McLemore. Yeah. Or get... Three three pointers for PJ Tucker, or three or four three pointers for Robert Covington. Like you can't allow Harden. Yeah. Harden's gonna get his. 
I I even think Westbrook is gonna get his. Like the the when you're a superstar, you're gonna do what superstars do. Yeah. Same way LeBron James, Anthony Davis are gonna get theirs. I'm if I'm the Lakers, and the same thing goes for Rockets. You cannot let the others get hot as well as letting the stars dominate you. Yeah. Like I know it's like it sounds. It probably sounds a lot simpler than it is. Yeah. But you have to minimize Eric Gordon. Covington, Ben McLemore, Jeff. You can't let those. You can't let Harden make five threes himself, and then let those other guys combine for twelve. You yeah. just can't do that. You're not gonna. You're you're gonna find yourself in an extremely long series and potentially lose the series if you're the Lakers. I'm curious how Houston is gonna match up defensively. Who's the getting Lakers. the Who's getting the Anthony if, assignment? Obviously, if they come out, but you know who, who's gonna guard LeBron? Who's gonna? Do you put PJ Tucker on AD? You put P.J. Tucker on JaVale. Well, if the Lakers start with a regular lineup, P.J. Tucker will start off on JaVale McGee. And Robert Covington will start off on Anthony Davis. God bless. That leaves Daniel House on LeBron LeBron James. James Harden, Russell Westbrook will guard Danny Green and P.J. Tucker. You mean KCP? I mean KCP, not P.J. Tucker, KCP. Um, both Both sides have to feel like they have an advantage. Like, both sides have to feel like. Lakers have to feel like, look, we're bigger than them. We're going to kill them on the offensive glass. We're going to kill them in the paint. We have LeBron James. We have Anthony Davis. You, right. you, you have to feel comfortable in it. If you're the Rockets, you have to feel like, yo, we have – our guards are way better than theirs. You have to be looking like, yo, Westbrook and Harden are clearly above KCP and Danny Green. Yeah. They don't have anybody who can match up with either one of these guys. And while we might not be be as big as them – us being as versatile and as small as we are, we might be able to pull Anthony Davis away from the basket. Yeah. And Anthony Davis can guard on the perimeter, but if you don't if his his greatest strength is his rim protection. If we can keep him away from the rim from from altering shots, you got him out that's a corner. win for us. Exactly. We got him in the corner. That's that's a win for us. If he if he has to guard PJ Tucker. Tucker or Robert Covington, that's a W for us. Yeah. If we get JaVale McGee switched out on, on, we get a switch, we get him out here guarding Westbrook or James Harden on the perimeter, we like our chances if we're Houston. So, you think that would be a Lakers in seven. I said Lakers in six. Um, Going back to the Clippers, you you touched on it earlier. Whoever they get in this second round is coming coming in hot. hot. What would be the outcome of a Nuggets and Los Angeles Clippers second round matchup? Probably Clippers in five. You say five? Maybe six. I'd probably go five. I'll, I'll, I no, think, you know what? I'll go six. I think six, possibly seven with the with the Nuggets. If it was one thing that I saw from the Clippers that was a little bit, I don't want to say alarming, but something to keep an eye on in that first round series, they did not guard as well as, as I thought they were going to. Of course to. not. And I mean, they were touted at the greatest <laughs> defensive trio of, wing, of, of perimeter defenders yeah. since the 96 Bulls. And I don't know. I mean... I feel like the Clippers just never have felt like they're on the same page defensively. No. Like even today, guys are missing rotations and all that. Yeah. Like I don't know. They they have good individual defenders. Yeah. But I don't know if they like link together as a good defensive team. Yeah, I, they I don't know if they're all on the string together. And so where a guy like Jamal Murray, he's clearly not the passer. Luka Doncic is. Right. He's not the passer at all. But where, while he's not the passer, he utilizes the mid-range pull-up much more than Luka Doncic is. So it's a give and take with both guys. Right. I could see him having... Like, at this point, 
he scored 50, 40, and 50 three games in a row. He's going to give them at least one forty. Yeah, I have to believe he has uh, at least one. Exactly. So they're a little bit more equipped to guard Kawhi and PG than the Mavericks were, I believe. You have guys like Torrey Craig. You have guys like Jeremy Grant. Even a guy like Gary Harris now coming back. He's smaller than PG, but he's he's strong and he's a good defensive player. He's just another body to potentially use. So they have they have better wing defenders, I would think, than the Mavericks do. Yeah. And so I think that the, the Nuggets, I would pick the Clippers in six for sure. Just one, the Nuggets defense leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. So that's been that's clear as day. It leaves a lot Yoke to be desired. At the rim with Kawhi. And yeah, Jokic is the back. Catch his rhythm, bro. <laughs> like it leaves a lot to be desired, and so that is the main reason they. And on top of it's been a common theme. We we keep saying it, but they have the best player in the series by a wide margin. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the series, and I don't foresee him losing a series to a Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic led team. I just don't see it happening. But I do think that the Nuggets offense, in particular, Murray and Jokic, will be good enough for two games. two games to win. I would not be shocked if they were somehow able to win a third in this series. But I think the Clippers would ultimately win this. Of course, I don't think Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig are going to Slow to down. lock Kawhi. Yeah. But they can at least, it's more length and athleticism and just stronger defenders, I believe, yeah. they have than the Jazz do. And I think... If you let Kawhi go completely unopposed, basically for an entire series, which is what I think would happen if but they I mean, played. they do have Gobert at the rim. They do, but Kawhi is a mid-range guy. Yeah. So I don't even need to get all the way to the rim to to be effective against you guys. Like I just I just need to get to my spots. And as we saw in the Maverick series, they could not keep him from getting to wherever he wanted to get to. Every shot he took, for the most part, it felt like it was the shot he wanted to take. Yeah. And I think that you would see a lot of him getting the shot that he wants to take every time down, more times than not, against the Jazz than you would against the Nuggets. I think guys like Jeremy Grant and Tory Tory Craig, they both Grant is six nine, I believe, right? Six foot eight. Six eight. Mm-hmm. And Tory Craig is like six seven. Yeah. So they both have enough length and strength to make life a little bit harder on Kawhi. Like you're not gonna stop a guy like Kawhi. Kawhi's gonna hard on you can make you make it you, you try to make it as hard as possible. They can make it a lot more difficult than the Utah Jazz can. Yeah. So you you had Lakers in seven against Houston. Yeah. So it, it sounds like you you think Houston could win, but you don't think they will win. I think when it comes down to the big game, I'll pick the Lakers over. Uh, them that's why I don't I don't think it. Far. That's why I don't think it'll get to a seven. I don't know. I feel like after game one, I'll have a better idea uh, of how they'll match up. If they play Houston, I think this is how the series will go. The Lakers will lose game one. They will lose game one. They will win game two. They will win game three. They will lose game two. I mean, not game two. They will lose game four to tie it 2-2. Win game five to go up 3-2. And, and I don't anticipate them losing a game six up 3-2. LeBron James losing to James Harden yeah. in a game six. A winner, a, a chance to advance and go to game seven. I mean, not game seven, to the Western Conference Finals. I don't anticipate that happening. That's how I think the series will play out. Okay. I think that the that Houston play style is, is funky enough to catch you in game one. Just kind of like the same way. I don't think that Portland's play style is funky, but just coming out and going against a guy like Dame and another guard like CJ for the they first game. They, exactly. Well, I mean, another factor, bro, the Lakers are going to be shitting now. Even more rest for LeBron. 
Morris for Dwight, Danny Green, JaVale, Anthony Davis, all of these guys. You can also be rushed. You know, it can knock too. the rhythm off. We They're finally getting into a rhythm playing like the team that you saw before the stoppage of play. Right. Is it a negative for them to go back to sitting for a week? Yeah. Like it has it, both, both sides are valid. The Clippers, we know for a fact, aren't going to be playing again until Thursday at the earliest. So it sounds like we both think it'll be a Clippers-Lakers Western Conference final. Yeah. We think both guys, both teams will advance. We'll, we'll get the battle for Los Angeles in Orlando. <laughs> but we think it'll happen. It sounds like we both have Toronto advancing past Boston. It's going to go seven. Man, today felt a little tricky, but I, I'm, I'm very, it did, but I, I'm I'm very always... optimistic Toronto who has historically not played well in game one, they'll bounce back and, like, convince me otherwise. They destroyed but, Philadelphia in game one last year. I remember that. And then yeah, that's true. They destroyed them in Toronto for game one. But I try not to over – I don't react to game ones, period. It's the Yo, first oh, game of the series. I don't either. But it's the first game of the series. didn't help. No, it didn't look good today. Like, if you if you pick Boston, if you and if you have been somebody who's been highlighting these this potential – flaw for the Raptors that could show his head in the postseason, you have to feel like vindicated today. Like right. this is going to be what you expected. But like I said, I don't overreact to game ones. I think game ones, you're, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of things that can happen in game one that people can lead to a result. Exactly. Yeah. It's the first game of a series. I don't usually completely worry until game three. Like you can even fall behind 2-0. You don't want to fall behind 2-0, but I've seen enough basketball, NBA basketball, to where a 2-0 lead, don't, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, game three, when, until I see somebody go down 3-0 or somebody go down 3-1, then I'm like, all right, this is like, it's, this is cooked. But, and even we saw Denver go down 3-1 against Utah. It looked like they were done. And Jamal Murray just decided I'm going to be Kobe Bryant for, for for three games and or for two games and get 40 and then 50 in back-to-back. And I'm going to get us to a game seven. So, you just never know really what can happen in a series. So, that's why I don't react to, round, to a first game. Uh, tomorrow will be interesting to see game one of Milwaukee-Miami. Yeah. I have Miami versus Toronto Eastern Conference Finals. That's my pick now. You have Milwaukee-Toronto rematch with no Kawhi Leonard, no Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. But with the with both both conferences, I think you're, getting, you're going to get quality. quality matchups from here on out. Yeah. I think the Eastern Conference semifinals look really good on paper. Mm-hmm. And regardless of who the Lakers or the Clippers get, I think you're going to get a solid series potentially in both of those. So it just you just got to wait and see at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm really ready for the West to be determined because I feel like we've all like kind of locked in on the Clippers and Lakers for the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah. But the second round of NBA playoffs they are underway. We have the matchups, most of them. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out on Thursday, we will have all of the matchups for sure. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Play for Keeps podcast. Make sure that you follow us at Play for Keeps Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you follow at the Elite Media Group underscore on Twitter for all of our different content, different podcasts. We have a lot of podcasts coming on RNC's network. And we have a few new podcasts coming for sure on the Elite Media Group and Elite Media Channel for our podcast channel as well. Make sure you follow, stay up to date for everything that we have for you guys. Once again, thanks for listening. Until next time, we are out.